Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us on the We Thrive podcast, where we share stories from entrepreneurs around the world about how they're creating an impactful legacy. I'm your host, Casey Clark, founder and chief growth officer of C. Clark Consulting. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing my dear friend, Susan Major, who owns The Hatch Project. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, My name is, again, uh, Susan Major. I grew up in Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, I am definitely a native West Virginian. That will always be my home. Um, But I've been down here in uh, uh, Baltimore, Frederick, Northern Virginia area since I was probably in my early 20s. Uh, So I founded and launched the Hatch Project this past March and on my 50th birthday. Uh, which was great fun, and I'm really, really pleased to um, finally be pursuing what I've always really wanted to do. It's taken a long time, uh, but I'm very glad it's happening. All right, so tell me, what does the word thriving mean to you? I think it's really important to consider it in the context of uh, surviving and thriving, because those are two really opposite ends. And I think people often settle for surviving. Um, And we almost start to accept that as that's all we could hope for. Um, In the concept of thriving, it means to really be building strength, uh, to be building momentum, to be building charisma, and to be able to proliferate that and share that. there's uh, aspects of, I think, movement a- as well as moments of strength inside of how I understand that word. You stated kind of what it isn't and what it is. I feel like a lot of times it's easier to get a, a deeper understanding of something when we understand what it is not. So thank you for that perspective. So when you've been looking at thriving yourself, what obstacles have you faced where you felt like it was, you know, preventing you or really hindering you from thriving? Um, I would say it boils down to a couple of things and there's probably a common thread. Um, So I learned a great, great deal in my Uh, career working for larger organizations. But at the same time, part of what I really had to pay attention to and become aware of was that there were thresholds there that I was bumping up against. And it really didn't matter what yoga posture I assumed. Uh, I wasn't going to get through them at that particular um, um, scenario. And uh, I ultimately had to decide that I couldn't um, outsource essentially those thresholds to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so even when I was at um, these larger organizations, like I kind of dropped back and looked at like, hey, I want to go learn more things. I want to go get this, you know, agile training, or I want to go back to school. And what that did was it sort of, brought it back to me and my own control. 
and I stopped even looking for anybody else to pay for it, you know, which is a big part of just life. Um, but at some point, like when you own it, you own all of it. So I would say um, there was that piece of it. Uh, and, and I think the maybe the name one gives that is sort of taking that threshold and taking that sovereignty back. Um, and then on the other side, um, and this came as a result of, of pursuing that school, um, this particular course of study that I'm in right now is, is, is harder than anything I've done before. And it's also just a big stretch for my brain. And I've had to like assimilate a lot of information that did not come easily, like having to read things six and seven times, even to understand like what they're saying. And that really frustrated me because I was used to getting things faster. Mm -hmm. And I ultimately like got more wrapped up in the frustration of not getting it than just like letting that go, getting comfortable with the fact and saying, you know what, you can't lie to yourself. You either get it or you don't. <laughs> so, so persist. Um, and so I think that lesson was really about just allowing the, the time to come into understanding that it requires and just being really honest about what that looks like. Yeah. And if memory serves me correctly, you're getting your doctorate right now, aren't you? Yes. I'm, I, there's a program at Hood College here in Frederick. Uh, they have one's called uh, Doctor of Organizational Leadership, and then the other is uh, Doctorate of Business Administration. So uh, they're really the same program, um, but they fuse together like business, organizational behavior, and then leadership. Um, and it's really been really, really cool because it's a bunch of things that I was overlapping before. Um, and happily, they've been very flexible with me <laughs> because I'm always sort of like pushing on the boundaries, not, not on purpose. It's just sort of where my curiosity takes me. So yes, is the answer. That's awesome. And, and kudos to you. I've dabbled in looking at different programs and I'm, I haven't pulled the trigger yet. So kudos to you for doing that. I mean, that in and of itself seems like an obstacle, <laughs> like getting a doctorate degree is no easy feat. Yeah, it is. It is definitely, um, it's wildly rewarding because you look about at the synthesis of, of what you're asked to do. And that's exceedingly helpful just in building your confidence in other scenarios where you really don't know the lay of the land. Mm -hmm. You know that I can break all of this down and ultimately come to some synthesis. So it's been confidence building in that regard. <laughs> that's awesome. So you mentioned um, persistence when you were talking about that. So what are some other tools or resources that you've used to help yourself thrive? Um, I have found that I'm very much a creature of routine and habit. And if I can get into like a flow and um, allow a certain amount of time to myself every day, like I know that no one else on the planet wants to talk to me at three o'clock in the morning. I am exceedingly confident of that. And so I get up then, not because like I am like wildly productive, but because I can sit on the sofa for like a full 90 minutes and just stare into space and drink coffee and think about whatever it is I wanna think about. So that sounds weird, but 
the rest of the world does not need to adopt that odd behavior. <laughs> the one thing, that, the one thing, <laughs> the one thing I would suggest is just like having that cordoned off time where like if you are an introvert and that's something that gives you energy because it definitely gives me energy making sure that happens because that free space time is is really good and I'm decidedly grumpy if it doesn't happen <laughs> so there's that um I think play is a big part of it too I mean and as much as like my life gets sort of routiney um and and might not sound all that exciting to other people like when I do go home and I'm with my husband James like we're just playful we're silly like he's he's totally willing to be like nerdy with me and and you know sing songs to the dog <laughs> you know all of that like is really really rejuvenating because it's just a totally different part of your brain and you can sort of wander a little bit and and that's definitely needed too, um, just as a, just like it, you know, works with kids. Like when you sort of burst out onto the playground, there's a bursting out that happens there that is fueling for sure. So. Yeah, as a fellow introvert, I feel the peace and quiet and the need for that. Yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. needs some recharging. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I, I, I think becoming aware of that as I got older and, and tapping into the, you know, the Myers-Briggs, the, the, some of the psychology behind it. I, I am a big fan of, of Jungian psychology as well, just sort of understanding one's journey to individuation of sorts. Like, it's just been fascinating. And like, you're not so afraid to look at the stuff that's not so pretty, because uh, there's a lot of lessons there. Um, and nobody's perfect and it's good to be able to sort of sort through that so yeah absolutely absolutely so kind of talking about one's journey what do you consider a legacy and like what does that word mean to you and how are you creating a legacy for yourself i th i think legacy means it's it's a bridge between obviously what's happening now and then what's happening in the future and interestingly that's also uh, what they define sustainability as and that is having your impact now not you know negatively impact the experience of people that come after you mm -hmm. and so there's a legacy aspect in that regard in terms of the choices that you make um I I really love children, but I chose not to have children. And so there's not that literal legacy that's happening with me specifically, but part of the work I'm focused on right now, both with the business as well as the school schooling, I, I really hope that that seeds um, that kind of legacy. And even like inside of the entrepreneurs, like, there is a range of entrepreneurs, you know, and there are people who are more and more or less sort of mature inside that process. And inside that, that process of startup, I really like what's called the nascent entrepreneurs. And those are the really, really new folks who are just coming out of conception and just really thinking their way to like, how do I get the first version of this going? 
And so when I think about like what I'm studying and what I really care about, I love the opportunity to plant that there because then that becomes something that they can opt into and they can grow. And if they can grow that throughout their organization, then there's really a chance that there's a sustainability aspect to that as well. So um, I'm hopeful. I think there's a really big need to really rethink how we run organizations and how we lead organizations. And um, if I can share that with people that I get to partner with, that delights me to no end. So. Yeah, well, knowing a little about what you do, I wholeheartedly believe that you're creating a legacy. I mean, to truly take someone's, like you said, their concept and bring that to life, um, which I love the whole hatch project concept and how that correlates. Um, but just doing that. And like you said, you're planting the seeds and you're helping them get that going, which I, I think is remarkable because a lot of people, they don't even take the first step to start their own business, let alone help other people start a new product or a fresh new business or anything. So I think that's pretty remarkable. Thank you. You're very welcome. So given your experience with school and with starting your own business and even in the corporate world, what are some nuggets that you have for someone who's trying to create a legacy themselves? I, I think one of the most valuable lessons I learned was uh, to do not wear the proverbial white pantsuit. <laughs> And that, like, if you've ever worn a pair of white pants or a white blazer or whatever else, it makes you incredibly, like, self-conscious and, like, you're careful about everything. And if you spend your life like that, I can't imagine what you're going to end up in the head, but, like, you will, you will be so uncomfortable and you'll never really get to put your own voice out there. And I think there's such incredible power in putting your own voice out there because then you get to see what happens as a result of it. So I, there, there is a great, great deal of power and authenticity in, in putting your own voice out there, in experimenting with it, in learning from it, and in being in collaboration with somebody else. And so letting that either not take hold of you or loosening that or just letting it go altogether, I think can be wildly freeing. Um, and I absolutely think as well, I mean, it, and it may very well be a step in that process to really pay attention to what problem you wanna solve. And I don't mean that that's a very tactical problem like, hey, the very first thing I wanna target is the thing that's gonna make me money. Um, money is a very good thing and it is part of business. You can't look, you can't do business without it. But if you can tap into like what makes you truly happy or what problem you really want to solve, that central fire can set that trajectory for you. And that can become both the fuel that keeps you going. And it can also become the, the, you know, the, the keel that keeps you steady because you're going to get blown everywhere no matter what, especially as an entrepreneur. Uh, and that can actually keep you centered, keep motoring along because you need that. <laughs> so, yeah, I saw a quote yesterday and I forget exactly what it said, but it was something like, it's time to forget what people call you and remember you at your heart or something and it 
what you said just reminded me because as entrepreneurs, you know, we do get blown off course sometimes and it's really, really important to have a centering around what we're doing. So I love that you bring that out of people when you help them. Yeah, I think that that's, it's one of the most powerful things. And, and if you look inside the, the creative process, it's the catalyst that kicks it off. And it's also the fuel that keeps it going. And if you can, if you can stay true to that and make sure that always stays, you know, intact, you, it's never going to be perfect, but it's, you know, some level of intact, it should be able to really um, fuel what you're doing right now and fuel, fuel what you're doing for the future, which is goes back to the legacy piece. So. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything else that comes up for you that you haven't shared and would like to share? I think there's... Um, a great deal of, of guidance in just the things that one is already doing. And sometimes you're not even aware um, that you already have identified the little clues in what make you really happy. And it was interesting. I had breakfast, again, I don't know, a day ago, two days ago with a gentleman I used to work with. And he was, you know, 50 something, uh, considering going back to pursue his um, clinical social worker uh, degree certification. And he was really, really hesitant and reticent about it. And, and I reflected to him, I said, this is what I valued about our relationship over the years. You know, you've, you're really good at helping me think about things differently. You're really good at helping me understand perspectives I haven't seen before. Like you challenge my thinking and you do that in a way where I don't feel like, you know. And I said, so, I said, I said, so, you know, such and such you've already been doing that. And in, in terms of the, you know, the helping people think through it like a therapy piece. And he was like, Argh. he's like, I don't like it that you're right. <laughs> so um, I think we all do that to a degree. We don't even notice because we do, we do follow those things we love. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes we just have to dig through the stuff. I mean, and just get back in touch with ourselves, And I think it goes back to that quiet time that you're talking about and understanding where you get that space to be able to process and, and come up with new ideas or, you know, thoughts. So yep. absolutely. I love it. So how can our listeners connect with you or learn more about what you do? Um, uh, the Hatch Project website is uh, Hatch Opens. Uh, dot com and um, folks could certainly go there and there's a, a little contact form um, can certainly email me that would be lovely too and um, that's just s major m-a-j-o-r at hatchopens.com um, but I love just chatting with people it doesn't have to be any type of formal engagement sometimes when you're just tossing ideas back and forth uh, you just need somebody to talk to. And um, I, I welcome the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. And for our listeners, just so you know, Susan loves peanut butter and jelly. And I she... do. I do. I had one today. I had one today. Did you go to crab apples? I was downstairs to crab apples. And you know what? It's so funny because like they make it for me. They technically do not own a jar of peanut butter. They have these little packets. And they make my entire sandwich every time I go with little packets. 
but like, and and at first I annoyed them with my peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but then I was the only person like going there during COVID. So now my peanut butter and jelly sandwich is okay. Yes. That is too funny. Well, find Susan on her website or at Crab Apples and Frederick. Exactly. <laughs> She's always there. So it has been a pleasure talking to you. And I'm so excited to see where else you go in the future. I know, you know, your business is still young, but as you said, it took a while to just get to where you are. And I can't wait to see the ideas that you have come to fruition. Cool. Thank you so much. I'm, I am honored. Thank you, Casey. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you again. And I'd also like to thank our music sponsor, Stephen Lamar Moore, who produced the music for this podcast. So thank you again, Susan. All right. Take care.